Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello. 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 Anyone around here speak basketball? Almost done saying that. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball, Basketball Podcast. Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas, uh, <laughs> and who, sir, in I believe a Maple Leafs T-shirt? Are you? Go Spezza! Oh yeah, Spezza. <laughs> <laughs> He's up there yeah, in the booth. He's getting hot dogs for Dubis. Can't wait. Uh, yeah, Fred, uh, it's me, your producer, Matt Duncan. How are you doing on this glorious Tuesday of our season 10 finale and our first full season at Raptors Republic? I'm doing good. Uh, it's the best goddamn day of my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm all right. I'm good. Uh, yeah, dude. Um, Huge. great season. Um, great. Some, some great guests to cap it off. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, if, I mean, if for whatever reason it's your, it's your first time tuning in, we're with Raptors Republic, we're NBA slash Raptors pod. Uh, we're going to start with NBA today. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's juicy. We got a lot of stuff going on. So yeah. I think let's, let's get it. Um, first guest, uh, I'm bringing on here. Uh, it's going to be his first time on the show. Uh, I've known about him for a long time. Uh, I've been reading his work. Uh, if you're in like the, the basketball world, uh, you know, uh, in Toronto uh, or elsewhere, uh, I'm sure you know about him. He's a, a, a great personality, great dude, uh, writes for the star, uh, Guardian. Um, I mean, a whole a whole slew of other things, Raptors Republic. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to have him on. It's going to be great. Uh, please make some noise, even if you're at home alone. For Oren Weisfeld. Hello. Um, great introduction. I appreciate it. Go Leafs go. You know, Tuesday yeah. here. Leafs start their playoff run today. And really they're our only hope as we might get to later. But I'm truly rooting for a deep playoff run because it's the only way this city is going to have one of those kind of magical summers. And hey, I, it's possible. There's a, there's a somewhat percent chance that they do it. So go Leafs go. <laughs> God. Yeah, it, it feels very, it feels like very, you know, old school Toronto because we're all actually relying on the Leafs to bring us mm. happiness. And certainly they won't disappoint. Um, <laughs> they don't and they won't. Uh, they never do. They never do. They so never do. Why That's would they start disappointing us now? Yeah. Oh my God. It's like, a, it's like a, it's like a beautiful queen street or a, a Dundas West streetcar. Absolutely nothing will happen. No the short one in the turns. morning, you know, yeah, it's, good. nothing's going to go wrong. It's reliable as hell. Um, okay. Let's, let's bring on guest number two. 
Uh, it's, I think it's the second time I'm doing the podcast. Uh, hilarious dude. Um, he's with the, uh, speaking of Leafs, uh, Steve Dangle uh, Network, I think, or the, uh, SD in sports. I don't know why I call it a, a, the network. <laughs> to me, a lot of things are the network, whatever. Um, SD, is, SDPN. Yes. The Dangle <laughs> Podcast Network. Yeah. Okay. So I got, I got some of it right. Um, <laughs> You got but, uh, it right the first time. Yeah, you know what? I should have just fucking stuck the landing. Um, anyways, he's 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 awesome. He's hilarious. Uh, a really funny dude. Uh, please give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone. First Fendier Barahani. Hello. Every time you say funny dude, I just get gassed because you're a funny dude. And I'm like, yo, funny people think I'm funny. I'm cooking. I'm yeah, ready. Man. You know? Yeah. Hell yeah. Right. Cooking, Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Oil? No, we're cooking with gas. We're yeah, we're cooking with fish grease. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Why not? Um, sesame with, oil. Se- I thought you said I thought you said sesame oil, and and you did. So thank you. Um, <laughs> I did. Some, that's some tasty cooking. Um, okay, let's let's do some NBA stuff. Uh, Maddie, good sir. I don't know if you have any new sound stings or sound foley. I, I hope you're sticking with the good <laughs> shit. I hope it's all Weird Al still. Shout out Daniel Always. Radcliffe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Maddie D, please give me your best, weirdest NBA sting. This is Adam Silver Hong Kong. Classic. This is Adam Silver Hong Kong. <laughs> Inside joke that's been going on for years. Trust in Masai. There you go. Trust in Masai. Um, we got Chat GPT. We got a lot of new AI. Still can't pronounce Masai. Um, and we never will be able to. Um, okay. Let's uh let's go to you first, um, Oren. Um yeah, I thought this might be fun because you know, uh, and, and I probably should have specified this, but uh, I'm going by by seeding. So, you know, for instance, like Lakers or Warriors or whatever are technically um, underdogs. But uh, you have the eight first round series. Who are your uh, like, you know, obviously a couple games have happened, but uh, who are you calling to upset? Yeah, I probably should ask to clarify this when you just gave us an opportunity to ask if any of your questions were confusing. Yeah. Uh, because I, I, okay, I want to start off here and, and maybe this is more of a discussion than me making a point, but do we all agree that the Warriors are toast? Cause like you said, that wouldn't technically be an upset. Um, they are the sixth seed, but everyone picked them going in They're down out too. So I will give you a real prediction of an upset, but I just want to ask, cause I think the Warriors are toast. Do you guys agree with that? No, I, I, um, I still yeah. believe, I still, you still believe, believe? Yeah, we uh-huh. believe. <laughs> uh yeah we believe warriors um i yeah they're gonna baron davis is gonna suit up uh <laughs> shit's gonna go down he's gonna pull up a shirt um i i do think i said the warriors in seven i still think that uh it's not likely but i still think it's possible um yeah the kings have looked absolutely magical but i i do think that the warriors uh you know, I can can be better and play better, and you know, it sounds cliche, but sort of like have some of that like whatever championship winter dust that they can sprinkle on. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the reason I'm still skeptical is because 
it's the Warriors. I, I, I maybe, maybe I still haven't seen enough. Like, you know, it's weird. Last night's game was one of those games they usually win. You know, it's like yeah. close, yes. it's back and forth. It, it, it feels okay. Draymond's ejected. It gives them life, and like they're supposed to rally and somehow win. They always win those type of games, even in the regular season. Those are the type of games that they always end up winning. Which kind of goes to Oren's point, where it's like, man, they seem kind of toast, mm-hmm. but at home they're a completely different team. They're probably going to win. I would probably assume they win both of these games unless Sacramento pulls out cra- something crazy. I would I wouldn't be surprised at that either. I still am reluctant to completely say they're toast though. And I, I actually would say I wouldn't be surprised if they rally off like the next four and win in six. I know it would be crazy, but yeah, I could see that happening. My my own counter okay. is is Malik Monk. I I, I I didn't really factor him in as like such a beast. Like he's I know he's awesome. having a yeah. great season, but like sort of just how fluid he looks i think mm-hmm. is sort of the one thing where i'm kind of i i feel like the kings are are running on adrenaline and when and if that adrenaline slows down that's the warriors in but i don't yeah. know maybe it won't but but or i also maybe, say like the warriors needed the i feel like the warriors are the type of team that needs something to piss them off and that sabonis draymond thing is like the perfect catalyst for that i know it's such a like cliche thing to say but i don't know days, maybe it is like all right, you better figure it out because you're down 2-0. Okay, I'll make the case then because I thought you guys were going to agree with me. So forget my other prediction. Um, I think I'll I'll pick the the Kings. It is an upset because, you know, everyone picked against them. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, yeah, that was definitely a game the Warriors should have won and and tend to win. And kind of a game I think they had to win because, A, we're not talking about Draymond might get suspended for a – must win game three like i don't know what is actually going to happen none of us do but there's a real i don't know 20 percent chance let's say that he just doesn't play in that game and if he doesn't play i don't see how they beat this king's team um i think everything you guys are saying is like the reason to believe in them is just like that championship residue and, and everything and the experience but i'm out like if you objectively watch those two games and forgot about the past you would say the kings are a significantly better deep team more well coached better chemistry um all of that stuff and i think the continuity really matters here like the kings just look like they've been playing together all season haven't had any injuries they've got really lucky with that and the warriors on the other hand are like starting andrew wiggins in game two like he's been away for two months he Mm -hmm. his jump shots going in but like honestly wiggins looks better than i expected their bench they bring three guards off the bench in pool payton and divincenzo and they play like these really small lineups and you would think you could get away with that during the king against the kings and i think they have defensively largely but offensively Mm -hmm. it's like if steph's not hitting step back threes or clay's not coming around a screen a hundred percent speed and nailing a three like what is their offense i just i don't see it and i have to talk about pool like is pool the new duncan (laughs) robinson is pool that bad like i'm almost there right now i think he's close to duncan robinson territory and that's wild okay that's like that's like he's sunk this year He's he's look he's looked bad. I, I don't think he's Duncan Robinson. I think he has more explosion in his game, like and self creation. So I'm not going all the way Duncan Robinson, but I do think that um I don't know, he maybe had a bit of the Zach Lowe effect with like the pool party 
then all the nicknames and kind of like people, people just started getting on him. And, and, and you know, that Warriors run was last year was like pretty special. Like there's a lot of kind of contributors yeah. other, other than the big three, like clay wasn't that great. Like, I mean, for clay standards last year in the yeah. playoffs. So I feel like with clay kind of coming back, like the, I don't know the room for for pool to take all the all these heat check shots has, has evaporated a bit. And Maybe sort of- he's Jamal Crawford. Maybe he's Jamal Crawford. Okay, so like in in the sense that, okay, a lot of people love the Jamal Crawford allure, like crafty, gets to the bucket, like scores, all that stuff. But he's not actually as good as people say he is. He's not mm-hmm. actually like he shouldn't be as revered as he is, but he just is because of the skill. Maybe he's like that territory. I don't know if I could leap all the way to Duncan Robinson yet. I mean, Duncan Robinson is bad. Duncan Robinson is like unplayable in a basketball series right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he did play the other night and he didn't look great. <laughs> that is true. I'm being extreme. I'm being extreme, but like <laughs> The fact that Poole got 16 minutes last night was unwarranted. I think he's yeah. playing based off of like, we need some juice. You better get your stuff going. And he has a way longer leash than Robinson does because of the years of, of like, I was a pool guy. Like I'm not even going to lie. Like I was a pool guy. I thought he could have been an interesting Raptors trade piece for a while there. But this season has been so bad for me. And like, for what this team needs, they don't need a guy to come off the bench and like, throw three turnovers like it's just i guess what i'm saying is it's worrying me that for two years we've been like pool stop throwing these wild turnovers stop attacking the basket when you have no lane and and throwing up like a thing at the rim and he's just not adjusted his game at all like there's no doubt there's a ton of skill there i i I love his juice off the bounce but i don't know the development for me hasn't really been there so I'm I'm obviously being hot takey. He's not in Duncan Robinson territory. He is inching there every game of this series. I have a question for you guys. Okay. Sure. I have a question. Just actually I have two questions. A two-parter. Okay. Oh my God. First, go. uh, when it comes to Warriors and Kings, step or stomp? Was it a step or a stomp? That's the second part to this. Okay. The other one is would you guys rather have Austin Reeves on your basketball team or Jordan Poole on your basketball team? Next. Oh, Those really? are the two wow. questions I have. Yeah, I agree Reeves right now for sure. But I mean, like, yeah, yeah. that's sort of I, I like I, I always have a tough time when people are, are they get hot and then sort of like trying to judge like, is this yeah. who that person yeah. is? Like, I know LeBron was like, I knew right away he wasn't a two way player. And it's like, <laughs> oh, OK, sure. But also kind of like, do LeBron we know like, that this, he's like he's like this, like dominant in the playoffs guy. And also for Le- me, I feel like it was like a stomp, like the musical stomp. Like it was like yeah. a dance. It was, he, he, he stomped, then he jumped and then he kind of like he did this flew. weird heel click. Yeah. 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 No, he stomped. I think, I think. So. Yeah. I, I think stomp would be a better way to put it. Um, he Draymonded. That's how I would put it. He Draymonded. <laughs> yeah. Like, like he did a thing. And then as soon as he did it, he realized like, Oh man, I shouldn't have done that thing. <laughs> and then he overcompensated by like yelling at the crowd and stuff. Oh my God. But yeah, he, he just, we've seen this like so many times. And that's why I bought this suspension is like Draymond has been suspended for much less, right? Like the yeah. LeBron kicking the nuts. <laughs> thing. should be that, suspended. Like you can't let, you can't yes. let that go. I don't think. I kind of agree with you. So yeah. you go into game three without Draymond yeah, I'll say it's a stomp, and I'll and I'll say Austin Reeves very confidently. Um, 
so wait, yeah, just to just to uh, sort of jump back a little bit. Uh, as do you, do you have any? Yeah, we 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 got. I, I mean, I think the Warriors thing that's the most interesting thing yeah. going on right now. Um, although, I mean, we've had some pretty good games so far. I, I think the Knicks uh, Cavs series is juicy as all hell. But yeah, yeah, what's like? Do you do you have another? Is there another upset. sort of upset candidate? Is it New York? I, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, I think the Knicks are a good one. I had the Cavs winning it in six or seven, but I just don't know. Because like the the issue the Cavs have had all season is that they're so one track minded with their offense. Sometimes like it just comes from one area. It's either Mitchell or Garland, and they're all they're both trying to like kind of create stuff off the dribble. And if that doesn't work, they really don't have another source to get things going. Like Levert has been that sometimes. Osman has been that sometimes. But that's not like that's not enough to beat this Knicks team. To be honest with you, so I don't know. I unless Mobley and Allen they randomly start just like feasting in the interior, uh, which they didn't do in game one. I feel like I switch it and I go Knicks in six and six or seven versus Cavs in six or seven. And then the other one, um, maybe this is like more obvious, but the Lakers, I feel like they'll probably win this series, especially with jaw and the whole hand thing. Like if, if he's not at, like, I just saw a tweet the other day or actually a couple of hours ago that he's not even dribbling with the right hand. Like he's Yikes. only using it to guide some shots in. So I don't know how like how he's gonna look at all if he plays in this series. So yeah, I don't know, man. And I think the Lakers probably win that series. Those are the two that I would say, other than the Warriors, that seems like the most likely upset candidates. But hey, question for y'all. Again, I'm sorry, Freddie. I'm I'm hijacking this here. Is good. What no, about this- the what, <laughs> what about the Clippers and Suns? The Clippers look my, good, man. That was my real upset that I was going to bring to the table, but like I don't believe right. in it nearly as much as the Kings one. Same. Um, yeah, but I legit think the Clippers have a chance. I think it'll be a six or seven game series. I think the Suns probably win tonight, but like I, it's the same thing with the Kings. It's like yeah. Like Kawhi hasn't played that much, but the Clippers have so much more continuity than the Suns and yeah. and depth. And those two things just really matter. And we saw that in the first game. Like outside of the big four on the Suns, there's just not a whole lot of good players on that team. And and like that can't be overstated. If you don't have a good five, six, seven, you're kind of screwed in the playoffs. And I understand like the top four, nobody comes close to that type of skill in the whole league, but I've been down on the Suns compared to like the logic. And I think if the Clippers don't beat them, the Nuggets definitely beat them. Like that's just yeah. where I'm at with the Suns. Um like and- you, you're not gonna you're not gonna win playoff games with Terrence Ross and Ish Wayne Wright and Tory Craig and Josh Akogi as like your your other guys, you know? You're just not yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. What what about I mean, they, might. they might because like Kevin Durant is so good and Booker is yeah, so good. Yeah. Those games will be better than they were in their first game, but it's also about Chris Paul. And that's what it's always been about. Like if teams are leaving Chris Paul open or defending that pick and roll two on two, he mm-hmm. has to just be better and more aggressive. And um, since the all season, actually, he just hasn't been. So I don't know why people think that switch is just going to flip in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think where I'm at with the Suns is I feel like it sounds insane as a Torontonian to 
even entertain the idea of doubting Kawhi, but uh, I feel like he did play 41 minutes. Uh, I'm just looking at, you know, I Durant played 44 minutes, which is wild, but you know, I think Durant has like greater heights in this series. Like as soon as next game, not necessarily than Kawhi, but I think Durant sort of, like you said, can be so good that he can sort of, you know, alter this series and I mean, yeah, I mean, we've seen Kawhi do it. He might just be superhuman this whole series and then the Clippers win. But I feel like also I think Booker can can do better and sort of like get on a, a major heater at some point. I, I mean, yeah, the Suns depth, that's that's real. And Chris Paul looks like a whole another year, you know, whatever, closer to 40. Older. So yeah. that's the thing. I have a I have a Shams bomb to to drop on us here at the Confederacy of Dunks podcast, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Okay, give it to uh, me, Shams. Shams Tarani said it is unlikely Warriors forward Draymond Green will be suspended for Game Three versus the Kings after stepping, stomping, whatever you want to call it, on Demontis Sabonis. So, wow. yeah, he he's probably going to play. And he is he quoting Draymond's pod? <laughs> <laughs> no. Imagine, um, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of wild to me because, uh, I mean, whatever, the, the Draymond suspensions, like if you go through them in history, I feel like when he does and doesn't get suspended, like there's not a lot of continuity there. Like like karate kick, Steven Adams in the nuts, no suspension. Um, you know, accident, like whatever, like lightly tap LeBron <laughs> suspension. Like, I don't know, like it's, it's for me, it's hard to tell sort of like, when the NBA is like, oh, fuck, suspend him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll like, tell you when, if he stepped on LeBron, he'd be suspended. Like the NBA, <laughs> yes. we, like narratives actually matter a lot when it comes to the NBA's decision making, which is really stupid and it shouldn't work that way, but it does. So, yeah, it no, doesn't surprise me that even though Draymond has this bad reputation, also, if they suspended him, you know, he'd be like, well, if it was anyone else, they wouldn't get suspended. It's because mm-hmm. I have a bad reputation. Somehow that like works to his benefit in yeah. some situations. I think he wields that well. Like his like oh. sort of like the victimhood part of it. It's like, but you're the instigator. Oh, yeah. But he does seem to kind of like, I don't know, flip. Like he he gaslights well. I feel like mm. he's a genius on and off the court. Um, just like you know, just uh, before we move on, uh, what do you think about um, like is the Miami thing real? Like playoff Jimmy and the back injury to uh, Giannis. Like, I still feel like if the Bucks won in like five or six, I wouldn't be like that surprised. But I don't know. Like, it, like watching Giannis crawl around, I was like, that that might be like a, like a, whatever, a smash disc or something. Like, it looked bad. Smash disc? That sounds painful as hell. <laughs> I that just made that up, by the way. That's not real. <laughs> um, I, I think even without Giannis, they probably end up winning that series. Uh, just because yeah. Hero's out too, and the Heat don't have a lot of guys just to throw out there. They're already like missing a lot of depth. They, they need that. So I don't know. I, I think they, they handle that well. But like, let's say second round, they play the Cavs or the Knicks and you're not playing Giannis now, or maybe Giannis isn't 100%. Now you get into issues where it's like, hey, maybe the, the Knicks in the Eastern Conference Finals. Can you guys imagine that? Like, uh, that just, it's, it's wild to even think of it. We could have a Knicks Conference Finals and a Kings Conference Finals in the same season, which is just, it's crazy to think of and consider. But... No, I I think they probably handled the the Bucks or sorry the Heat pretty well. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. Are. Yeah, I think even without Giannis, they'll win that series. I didn't see the game, yeah. so I can't speak to it, but I think Giannis is a superhero. So, like, he'll come back from that injury mm-hmm. somehow. Like, I truly believe that. If it's not this round, the next round. Um, yeah. But, no, I actually think, like, if you ask me to bet right now, the Kings are going to the conference finals. They're, I'm all in on the Kings. Like, I love they it. Gotta, yeah. They're going to beat the Lakers. You, you know what I mean? They gotta be the, the Lakers can't keep up with that team. No. Up and down the court, they can't. I don't know, man. I'm all in on the Kings. Hey, man, I, I want to shout out uh, Mike Brown because I feel like in this series, not not enough people are talking about how much experience he has with the Warriors mm-hmm. uh, and going up against them and their system and sort of like all, all, you know, all the offensive stuff he's brought to the table for the Kings. Like, I think, like, he's really kind of coached the hell out of uh, Sacramento this year. They're running the yeah. same plays. They, they're running literally the same. Like, they, they do the exact same actions, the same split actions, the same dribble handoffs. It's all the same, which is funny. And I think that's what makes this series so good. It's because both sides know exactly what the other is going to do. Both sides know exactly what the other is going to try. It just comes down to like the offensive rebounding, the turnovers, the who's going to make shots today, yeah. who's going to be, you know, it's it that I think that's what makes the series so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's shot making because, like you guys said, they know the schemes, and like mm-hmm. even like they're they're prepared to defend it because they've been defending it in practice against each other all season. But that's why I believe in the Kings. It's like Monk is going to make shots, Herder is going to make shots, Fox is been fantastic so bonus bounced back really well like they just have a lot of guys who you have trust in and the warriors i literally trust one guy to make shots and i think uh even uh mitchell has been like pretty like explosive on on defense it's weird to, to talk about defense in a series like that but you know there are instances where someone changes a shot or whatever um okay last little mini question here was 50 cent always the king's guy like the first time I saw him this year, he was, they were like, like there was, I forget who it was, but they were bringing a player at the end of the game to like, yeah. to like light the beam. And then like 50 cents sort of like emerged. And then the player was like, Oh, do you want to hit it? And 50 cents was like, yeah, is that okay? And they're like, they're like, Oh, 50 cents going to do it. And it was just sort of like, <laughs> it seemed like he just arrived and. and now I think he like, lives. I want to say he lives in Sacramento or he, he something. Might. He has some kind of relation to the Kings. Maybe he like bought a stake in, okay. oh, I don't, maybe, yeah. or he has, he has some kind yeah. of ambassador program because I've seen him at Kings games uh, all season. And then I think even last year he was a part of some of the Kings stuff they did. So I don't know. I, okay. Yeah. It's a very yeah. weird, weird he, he, relationship. He worked for Vivek or something? Uh, no, it's a great question. He, <laughs> he was sitting beside Vivek yesterday. Like it panned over to yeah. them during like a moment where the Kings were going on a run and 50 just looked like, I I never think he aged that much. He just looked like the uncle at the barbecue. He was just like sitting there really like not happy or cheering and like Vivek was going crazy. And I was just like, what is going on? This is a surreal world. Uh, Um, And and between that and like his answer saying, Alex, you just said Alex. And they're like, Alex Lyon is your favorite player. I'm like, this guy, I'm like, this guy does not know the Kings. Like, I feel like that was just a cop out. Like, let me say Alex. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's big into um, California politics. You know, he needs to be, he needs to be near the state <laughs> capital where the decisions are getting made. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's, let's bring in uh, Maddie D uh, because um, yeah, I was hanging with uh, my buddy, uh, Andrew Pulse for the other day. Shout out Andrew. I know he listens to this sometimes. Um, hopefully this is one of them. But uh, 
he was asking me sort of about like like how many players uh, have become refs, uh, and I knew about Haywood Workman. Um, I didn't realize that. Um, sorry, just reading here that uh, Leon Wood was like I didn't know much about his NBA career, and I straight up don't know Bernie Fryer. But uh, yeah, so those three have all uh, become refs, uh, and in this process, I, I found out that Smush Parker is trying to become a ref and he's like working his way up the ranks. Yeah. Um, and anyways, yeah, he would be like the fourth ever ref. Uh, so Matt, we're going to start with you. Um, who, yes. uh, what current player would you like to see become uh, an NBA, NBA referee uh, uh, when they retire? Well, my first pick went to someone who's obviously in the news right now and I'll try to explain why, but could you imagine if Draymond Green became a ref and he he, he obviously is is known for <laughs> his confrontations and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think it would be interesting to see him, the way he would react with players, with players yelling at him. I think he'd be yelling back at players. I oh, think he'd stomp somebody. <laughs> he would probably <laughs> saw somebody. I think, yeah, I feel like it would be like a one or two year thing and then he would be done i don't think he he could do it much more than that i think he'd be he'd be suspended or something but i joined the wwe the other person and i don't know why maybe this is just because i always feel bad for him when i see him standing there on the sidelines and you know nick nurse doesn't think much of him but malachi flynn i feel like i could see him being a great ref I don't know what it is. I just, I can see he's got great stamina. He retires now. Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody knows anything. Yeah. No, no one says anything. He just shows up to a game <laughs> as a ref next year. <laughs> he's like, you're under, you're still under contract, bro. He's like, nah. nah, nah yeah. Yeah. That's my, uh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to say right now that that's, what's going to happen with Malachi Flynn. You wait, give him a 10 years, but he's going to be an NBA ref. That's what I think. <laughs> I mean, that's Smush Parker said it takes 10 years. Oh, there you um, go. There you go. Smushy. <laughs> he did. Attaboy I, Smush. Attaboy. Uh, by the way, I thought you, I, well, weird voice thing there. Um, I thought for sure you were saying Steven Adams. Um, can't believe it, oh, but uh, Malachi Flynn, great pick. <laughs> <laughs> Draymond, Draymond was right there, but Malachi, you, you went in, uh, you went in uh, somewhere there. Um, okay, as who's your, who's your NBA referee? Okay, so I tried to approach this with, okay, who would be the most calm? Who could approach a situation with okay. the most calmness? And I feel like, look, Raptors fans, we know a guy who was very, very calm. Kawhi, can you imagine Kawhi being a ref? <laughs> oh, imagine him just being stoic. Stoic with every call. It's like he calls a technical foul. A guy comes up to him like, what's up? What did I do? And he just points. He's like, Uh, (laughs) I would be great. (laughs) So yeah, that's, that's the one guy I thought of Kawhi. Imagine Kawhi during like a, a challenge or like a player's review, having to speak to the camera, (laughs) running up and down for 48 minutes. That's not like him. Um, it's going to be load managed in his load career. Managed yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first ref that load managed. Um, Kawhi would be great. He'd definitely be like unflappable for sure. Uh, Oren, who's your who's your ref? Yeah, I like how we all came to this with different ideas. <laughs> I read the question wrong, and I thought no. it was which which player would you like? Could you see becoming a ref realistically? 
Um, so like all the players who make a lot of money would just never subject themselves to that BS. So like yes, throw, throw all those guys out the window. Chris Paul yeah. was like, if, if it was who I like to see a rep, it would mm. be Chris Paul. Yeah. Yep. Just for a lot of the same reasons that we talked about Draymond, honestly, very confrontational. Yeah. Always talking to the refs is an a-hole by all. It would just be fun. Um, but now the guy who I settled on, in in my mind, like who will become a ref? TJ McConnell. What do you guys think of that? <laughs> I can just see it. I don't know. <laughs> it only went to white guys and like bench warmers, and sure. that's what I settled on. I was like Matt Thomas. No, TJ McConnell. Um, that's, that's <laughs> it's Matt Thomas or TJ. I yeah. can see it. I could see TJ McConnell being the next Scott Foster, you know, like, oh, no, TJ McConnell, he's, he's reffing this game. We're screwed, you know? TJ yeah. would be, like, a fantastic ref, I feel like. If he great. Did. Like, he's just made himself such a good NBA player despite, like, the size. He would take that same, like, mindset to refereeing. You know, he's just one of those, like, guys. So I feel like he'd be good. If we're going that route, um, Mac McClung would be good because like he hasn't made a ton of money, and then like just like just like in the timeout, he just does a wild dunk, and people are like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, how's his feel for the game? That's what I'm. I'm a little skeptical. <laughs> yeah, know? fair enough. Um, he just like he's, it's like a G League game to him. He just like totally lets it ride. Um, I've noticed that like a lot of refs aren't super tall. Like you can't be a seven foot ref, right? Yeah. Take away all big men. Cause like there's no way that that's possible. Right. Has to be a guard like player, you know, someone that might be a little bit smaller, but now, now, now you're in my space. Cause my answer, Boban, Uh, I want (laughs) to see, I want to see Boban be a ref. I feel like anyone being aggressive at him, he would just be like, we're we know nothing's about to go down um he could also i feel like his hand for the t or like whatever symbols he makes like they're just gonna like you gotta the, the camera's gonna have to like do a bigger frame there's a <laughs> lot of it, it would be good like he, he'd also have a unique perspective on stuff like he would legit like kind of provide a new angle overhead um, camera yeah yeah right like put a put a uh, gopro on him um <laughs> yeah my other sort of Kind of joke slash real answers was uh, Pat Bev. I feel like Pat Bev, just for all all that he's done to refs. I was um, going to say Pat sort of Bev similar, too. Similar yeah. to the Chris Paul territory. And then I feel yeah. like the other one was Joe Ingles. And this is <laughs> similar territory to you, Orin. Like, not just like because it's like a white guy, but also I feel like he's the perfect type of player where like when he's done playing basketball – people will wonder if he ever did play basketball. Like, <laughs> you know sure, what I mean? So he'll be like one of those refs where like, it's like, a, it'd be a fun fact. We'd be like, Oh, you know, Joe, Joe Ingles, like he played. <laughs> and people are like, Oh, he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's always pretty good. Like, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you for all of your uh, very uh, good answers and good approaches to this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
uh maddie let's let's move on here i know you got more weird owl for me uh we've already used up the mass eye so that's done <laughs> uh please give me your best weirdest raptors sting raptors fans assemble if you can figure that out it took me like two years i think Hashtag we the North. There we go. I knew there was a one sneaking in. (laughs) Hashtag we the North. Why does that one sound like it's so far away? (laughs) I don't understand what what is going on. (laughs) Yeah, no. It's like are these AI generated like voices? They're like he 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 mixes them. <laughs> also, I feel like other people use sound stings. So Matt's like, I got this. Paging like, Bobby Webster. <laughs> there you go, paging Bobby Webster. That's um, funny. That one is. I just paid for a lot of cameos with Weird Al, and I'm like, told him to say all yeah, this. Yeah, these are cameos. Only. <laughs> <laughs> these are so um yeah, these are Very AI expensive. cameos. Yeah. Um, wow, Raptors Republic budget really. Yeah, it's a huge. Cooking. Cooking. <laughs> We're using the whole huge. budget on these. Um, we actually owe Raptors Republic money. Um, uh, okay, um, let me go to you, Oren. Yeah, and this one's weird. Uh, and whatever, if no one has a good answer, that's that's good. But uh, well, I guess it's not good, but but it's fine. Um, but. Uh, a huge uh, Raptors offseason uh, for obvious reasons. And, uh, you know, I think so much of the conversation swirls around, uh, you know, in terms of roster, like, you know, how are we going to get better? What are the changes going to be? Uh, I think no one really entertains the idea of uh, getting rid of Scotty for obvious reasons. So, um yeah, kind of a double whammy. Um, but you know, if you sort of like had to choose one person other than Scotty, that is like, in your opinion, should not be moved under any circumstance. And also if you, if you had to pick a player that, you know, had to be moved on the roster, that isn't one of the UFAs, Gary, Yak or Fred, um, who would they be? Hmm. Yeah, this this just took a turn for the worst. <laughs> yeah, sorry everybody. <laughs> We're having fun. It's not even. It's just me. I'm just so sick of talking about the Raptors. Um, honestly, my answer would have been different uh, three, two, three months ago at the trade deadline. Like, I was pretty adamant that you have to hold on to Siakam and figure it out that way, but. I do think some stuff has really changed between getting Pirtle and seeing Siakam tail off and seeing OG go in the positive direction mm-hmm. and seeing the clunky fit between Siakam and Barnes that I'm definitely more open to it um, just to moving Siakam. Like, I didn't think I would ever get there because, I mean, he's been my favorite player for a while too, but mm-hmm. I... I was like in the OG camp for a while. I'm now at a place where it's like, I don't want to give up on this guy because he's starting to show some real on ball juice. He's clearly a great fit with Scotty. Like those two just mesh so well together. And, and 
with Pirtle and Scotty, like I don't know if there can be a front court with three guys who can't shoot, and I don't believe in any of their shooting coming around. So if you're going to make me say, well, can I just say Fred? I guess I could just say Fred. Fred, I is, Fred. Fred is the guy that you want out for sure. Is it, isn't he technically a UFA? Are we, yeah, are we supposed saying, to? I was saying no UFAs because I feel like they. Oh, okay, let me answer your question. Someone I'm going to keep, I'm going to say OG. Okay. Someone, and then the second part of your question is, who would I move? Oh, yeah, I did have to. Who would I move on if it's not a UFA? I yeah. guess I guess you're basically asking me to pick between OG and Siakam, right? Because I can't say Chris Boucher. I? <laughs> I mean, I, I, was I gonna, mean, you could. I was going to say Boucher, actually. <laughs> oh, oh, I will say Boucher or Precious then. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm ready to move on from either of those guys for the right price. Just because you need to rebalance the roster. There's too many forwards, and I'm sick of seeing it. Like that's basically my point. Uh, I mean, yeah. like I'll, I'll I'll let Ez go first, but that's yeah for that part of it. That is exactly my where I'm coming from. But well, yeah, what about you? As sort of like had to have to keep, have to get rid of. Yeah, I mean, look, if the if I have the option of picking between all of the guys who you can possibly move that aren't UFAs, then yeah, I mean, Boucher and Precious are, are the guys to go with. But if it's between Pascal and OG, um, I look at it like this. It's like Pascal has shown he can be like a top 20, top 15 maybe at times player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, he's due for a contract extension. He's going to get a lot of money. Not Maybe not super max money, but a lot of money. I don't... I don't think he gets all NBA this year. I would be surprised if he does. And that's going to hurt his money. But yeah, I mean, uh, I think he loses maybe close to a hundred million dollars, which is tough, man. That's a tough pill to swallow. Um, So I I would say, right. He could bet on himself. Yeah. um, Not sign a contract, try to get a super max, try to get an all NBA and then make, and then do it again. Yeah. 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 Or, or it would be like the vet extension supermax too. So it would be dub like a lot more than what it, I think, I don't know. I have to double check. No, I think only one of those things is true from what I understand. Like either you get the 10 year max or you get the supermax based on all NBA. Right. All right. Okay. I got you. Um, I would probably say I, I agree with Oren in, in the sense that like, okay, at the trade deadline, I was a hard no on moving Siakam and now mm-hmm. I've I've warmed up to the idea, but I still think I'm team OG uh, just because this team seems like it wants to compete. Um, and he seems like the one guy that you can go out and get you know, bench players for rotation guys for that can round out this roster. And if your goal is to complete around Siakam and, and Pirtle and Fred and whoever the hell, then it probably makes sense to get that guy. OG as the guy who you're moving out of the equation, because right now it's, it's still a work in progress. Like I agree that the on ball juice has been a little bit better. Uh, he looked really, really great to end the season, but some of the things that he does for the, I guess, quote unquote, elite part of this team, if you're thinking about like the the spot up shooting, the defense, it can be replicated. Uh, I don't think you can replicate the defense that he plays like he's a phenomenal defender, but you can somehow squeeze the juice out of this team even without OG on the roster. I believe that with Pascal, it becomes a lot more difficult. Like if you're moving Pascal, you're choosing, hey, we're resetting this thing. Let's move in a different direction. And if they choose to do that, that's fine. I'm cool with yeah. that direction. 
But I'm just saying if the Raptors are intending to compete, which, hey, they traded a 2024 first round pick for, so yeah. they probably are tra- attending to compete. It wouldn't make sense to move Pascal in that situation. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, sorry, go ahead, Oren. No, I, I agree. Just like to be clear, I think the only way you do trade Pascal is if you're going in a different direction and you want to go younger and yeah. do a kind of mini rebuild because, yeah, if you want to win right now, you got to be bad next year if you want to if you move Pascal. Like you got to say hey, we'll we'll move Fred for whatever. We'll, we'll move let Gary walk, probably yeah. resign Jakob and now it's like okay, your team is Jakob, Scotty and OG and then Malachi Flynn and Jeff Doughton. You know, like that's you have to be very bad next year. Yeah. And that's the answer would be like you shouldn't trade either of those two because you you can't you already give yeah. away your pick next year. You want to be good. And I think if you trade either OG yeah. or Pascal, you're getting pretty significantly worse. So worse. Yeah. yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I feel like if you were to trade Pascal, you have to be like bad fast and effectively. And maybe I'm too scarred as a Raptor fan, but I'm nervous to bank the entire franchise like the entire future on a scotty staying forever and b scotty being like a perennial all nba superstar yeah. just based on his skill level or, or or like what he's been showing so far because like there's lots of special scotty stuff but i wonder you know what is like the finished product of a player that we're looking at and then i also feel like a a big thing for me with pascal is that he 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 has a really interesting career arc in that he hasn't been this superstar forever, and he's sort of a, he's kind of like you know if, if if his story is that he he rose up really fast, got the like most improved player, you know, became the number one guy or whatever, um, and then was only there for a short period of time and sort of acquiesced to Scotty. Like I feel like he's the type of person who would take that well. Like, I don't see him as being, you know, this, like like a Trey Young type or, you know, someone who's sort of like the guy right away being built around. Like, to me, he can fit in. Yeah, I mean, I I think Oren's point about shooting, I don't fully believe in Pascal as a shooter, but I think if you tell him, hey, Scotty's going to occupy the middle, like, that's what we're doing. Um, I think that he would put the required work into being a better catch and shoot three guy. Um, yeah. but I mean, yeah, that's easier said than done. And like, he definitely didn't come into the league as a shooter. So no, but I want to like hit on that point on the opposite side of things. Cause what you said about his story, making him more likely to p- play like a second fiddle might be true, but also I think there might be a lot of room to grow. So, and like, we don't think about it that way because he's almost 30 or whatever, but totally he's not a guy I want to trade because then when you look back on it two years from now, I would not be surprised if Pascal was like a first team all NBA guy. I just think yeah. every year he's gotten better for the sure. mid range game is getting better. Um, and yeah. Um, but, but I feel like we're, we've gone to this central problem, which is that there's not enough spacing on the team yet. You don't want to trade either of these guys. I'm like, I even look at a situation like Cleveland where it's like, you can have a front court that has no shooting. None of those guys shoot threes. Like, yeah, Okoro doesn't shoot, Mobley and Allen don't shoot. But you have to have two prolific pull-up shooters in the backcourt. 
And the Raptors don't have that, right? So mm-hmm. they had them for one like, season. They had them for one season, but then they just stopped shooting as effectively. <laughs> like it just. Sorry, go ahead. I just it, that was yeah. The only thing you I was mean say. Gary? Just, you just, mean Gary and Fred? Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, if you uh, Gary is not a great pull up shooter, regardless. But like, yeah. yes, if you wanted to say good shooting, they had it for a season. It worked. It, it, they got to where they needed to, but. Yeah, it just it stopped afterwards. It was it was not good. Yeah, yeah. That's I, why OG is also an interesting trade candidate because, like, if you turned him into Donovan Mitchell back in the summer, which is a huge what if, I think the Raptors should have done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree. In hindsight, it's easier to say. Um, then the team just makes a ton more sense, even you know. So I think that's kind of where they're kind of screwed. Is that there's no real way of of getting out of this short of trading one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that would hurt. And yet, you know, this is like a, a couple minutes back, but I really think that part of the, you know, vision six, nine thing uh, is that sort of, for me, there was always kind of like, I was wondering how much it was like what we were trying to do versus Masai kind of like trying to Masai and Bobby trying to corner a particular type of, player in the asset market to later be <laughs> traded. And I think that, yeah, I think for me, the Boucher precious thing has, has run its course and, you know, Thaddeus Young, whatever Birch is gone. But I mean, like Boucher, I enjoy as a player, but if, if you can trade Boucher for a guy that hits threes on a regular basis, I think it's sort of just gives <laughs> so much more balance to this team. And or just someone uh, who can handle the rock also like just yes. some yeah yeah and just and a, a playmaker yeah, yeah. I kind of like Precious because he's like still this like really sort of cheap contract whereas I feel like Boucher you know we signed to the was it 12 mil yeah, something, something around so, there yeah you know yeah you trade him for like I mean whatever like some Joe Ingles type although you know what sorry I don't want to trade I don't want another person <laughs> like who's in auto territory where it's like they may or may not get injured and not play. Like I, I'd rather yeah. trade Boucher for someone who's young and can shoot Duncan Robinson. Um, no, <laughs> but uh, no. I mean, Hey, you might be able to get him. You might Jordan be able to Poole, get him. Jordan Poole's right there. He'll be there this summer. I'll tell you that. I mean, that, that would be, uh, I don't know. Although, yeah, I guess if he's in now Duncan Robinson territory, maybe also no. The Raptors uh, are so uh, like deprived of players like Jordan Poole that I think it would be so welcomed to what he can provide. Like, yeah, I guess Gary provides some of the reckless shooting pull-up yeah. stuff that he does. But no, I, I mean, in terms of like getting to the basket, creating for himself, like that's, it's a different level. We haven't seen a guy like that since DeRozan, honestly. Uh, yeah. Like that's, yeah. yeah. They need a guy like that for sure. I want to ask you guys, um, where you guys at with Gary? Because I've seen a lot of people say you can't lose. I hate the asset word, but you can't lose the asset for nothing. Therefore, you need to pay him. Hope he recoups his value, has a better season. And then you can look to trading him down the line. Is that Mm -hmm. where you guys are at with him this summer? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I feel like I am not as low on Gary as others. Like I definitely think that he's one dimensional or whatever, but I, I just think that he's like young can it's proven. He can score, you know, had a lot of adjusting versus like the starters and the bench. And he's one of the, yeah, I feel like with, you know, all of our UFAs, like, well, I'm sure we'll talk about this, you know, 
or I'll talk about it more in the summer, but like, I really think that, you know, thinking about Scotty and like all these big picture things later down the line, it's like, we're not, it's not like, it's not like the Raptors have ever been like a cap room team where we can lure big free agents. If we do have cap room, you know, yeah. like it's a pretty bleak list. Um, I don't know if Jose Calderon's like the best, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like sort of, it's, it's not good. So I think you kind of have to sign people to trade them. But yeah, so that's where I'm at with Gary, which isn't doesn't bode. It's not very confident, but I mean, I yeah. think you kind of gotta keep them. It's kind of sort similar to what we said with Pool, but like they're so deprived of guys who can do stuff that Gary does that it makes it feel like they need him more than they actually do. Um, but they do need a guy like that. They need a guy who can like do the dribble handoff stuff with Pascal and be the be the guy like on the opposite corner that Pascal can kick out to if there's like a double team like. That's the type of stuff you need. And if Gary was a guy who wasn't expecting a contract, this situation would be so much easier because you're like, yes, absolutely. Keep this guy. This is a guy who like at the current value he's at makes tons of sense for this team. But depending on the type of money he's looking for, I would not be surprised. It's just all this conversation we're we're having right now. It really depends on what direction they want to go. If they want to go young, if they want to just tear everything down, it probably makes sense to keep a guy like Gary, who's also pretty yeah. young, you know, like you can keep Scotty. And, and he clearly wants a bigger role. Yeah. Yeah. But I exactly. don't think is, like, I don't know why we think that because they traded for Pirtle. So I don't know why we wouldn't be under the assumption that they want to go young. And yeah, exactly. Build. I yeah. think like, I keep seeing this idea out there that, well, first I'll just say on Gary, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty as low as you can be. Like if they lost him for nothing, I would just say, man, that norm trade, really it's sucks. tough that's norm tough. Is really yeah. good and i wish they just played paid norm but like at a certain point you need to see a young guy develop and like what has gary really gotten better at in his two years as a raptor mm-hmm. not defense nope not passing nope so even the shooting has not mm-hmm. been better like he hasn't gotten better as a shooter at all it's pretty much stayed the same or if anything has gotten worse you know so yeah i'm just biased he's not my type of player like those those one-dimensional guys so i wouldn't it wouldn't like be the end of the world to me if they lost him for nothing but yeah Yeah. i I feel like everyone just assumes the raptors because how the season ended so embarrassingly they like feel compelled to make these big moves like i saw a tweet today that was like i'm happy they lost in the play-in because now the front office can't just be like Oh, we got to the playoffs. It's all good. We'll run it back. Like, <laughs> I think they're going to run it back. That's they're going to run it back. For sure, they are. They're but... going to run it back with a better bench. Um, I think Gary will be gone, and like that's fully what I expect from this front office. And I think people coach. and a new coach. Yeah, and a new coach. Yeah, I think I think like yes, I think people under underestimate how much like front offices don't like tearing down because it it requires so much confidence from ownership to be like, Hey, we're going to completely change this roster. And by the way, like the team is going to suck for like four or five years. And are you okay with ticket sales not being that great? And yeah, Jersey sales. So I, I just, I don't think the Raptors are interested in that, especially with them trading first round picks. Like it just doesn't seem that's what they're in for. So if they're trying to compete, then it comes back to the conversation we started this with. And it's like, okay, how are you going to piece together the team with the money situation and the roster situation and then the bench situation? How are you going to fill out this roster and like thread that very, very 
freaking thin needle. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just, I don't know. I, there's so much uncertainty with this, with this off season. And it's, it's surprising to me that we haven't heard from Messiah or Bobby yet. Like they usually do it a few days after, you know, the players, yeah. they do the end of it. And maybe Oren can, can, can divulge more on that. But like, I, I don't know. Yeah, give give know. us the goods, man. We already got the shit. No. no, this is completely unsourced, but the feeling I get from it, which I think is the feeling most people around the team get from it is that they're seriously considering letting their coach go. And there's no point in having a press conference. If you're going to fire a coach two days so, later and then wait, have another yeah, press wait in, conference. So yeah, I, wait until that, it all happens. That's how I feel like, whether or not they've decided they're having like, yeah, it's just, I think it has to do with uh, the coaching situation. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like, you know, I know, I mean, this is like, this is old, this is old sort of like zeitgeist stuff. But I, the first time I ever heard like the coach doesn't matter was like Bill Simmons, big book of basketball. And I, I, that was I his take. That was his take. That coaches barely matter. Then they barely move the needle, and it's not really. I, I don't hate that take. I, like, I mean, I don't hate that take, honestly. I, well, I mean, I, I used to be like sort of like all about that, but then I feel like there's there's like there's a there's a thing about head coaches where like it's it's about they they're the like the media rep. They're they're just such a like they speak to anyone more than like they speak for the team more than anybody yeah. else. And I even remember when, when, when Nash got let go, I was like, what's that going to do? But I, you know, I think like Jacques Vaughn came in and was like, Oh wait, this guy's actually got a much better handle on like what's going on. And like, it just feels better or like Bickerstaff or whatever. Like, I think we talked about uh, Mike Brown earlier, right? Like we talked yeah, about yeah, how- Yeah. Like, and it's not necessarily that a new coach will be better, but I think that like, there's a tone change sometimes that is like, just feels better um yeah sometimes you need a new boss dude like sometimes yeah, have you guys have, have you have you guys ever been in a work situation and you're like dude i really fucking hate that guy that I've is hated my every, boss. every boss i've had I, yeah I so uh, yeah I've, I've never you know what shout out steve steve love you bro but like no I, <laughs> but like usually you're, you're just though, like yo <laughs> <laughs> he, he no, talks to you, me all the time about how good you are steve okay we're cool all right <laughs> no but usually you're like bro i need a little bit of a change up and that's why a lot of people move their change their jobs right i think the yeah. same thing applies to players it's like you need a different voice every now and then because sometimes shit just does not get through you don't like the message isn't received as well if you're mm-hmm, constantly yeah. dealing with the same voice and the same repetition and same everything, you know, you need a little change up. That's it. Yeah. I, I, my theory on like coaching is the, like the lead right now, I think your X's and O's matters a whole lot less than managing personalities do. Totally, and that's why we yeah. see these young coaches like have a lot of success. I don't think it's because they're like, pulling stuff out of nowhere like analytically or like with the x's and o's i think it's because they relate to the players a lot more so that's why i think like if if nurse gets fired that's what it'll ultimately come down to is not his like ability to game plan or even like put the roster in the best situation possible which maybe he didn't do great this year but it's just like Yeah. yeah i think his voice he was not careful about like how wary how like much his voice like got on guys in the sense like they practice like every day this season and i imagine that would be really tough like they you always hear some coaches talk about how they like do 
outside of basketball activities to keep things lighter or even like watch the news and talk about that stuff. Like nurse did none of that stuff with his team. And I do yeah. think that stuff like eventually wears on guys. If all you're doing is basketball 24 seven, it's the same voice in your ear 24 seven. So my, my theory is more that it's just like about, you have to be a good people person more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the other, the other side of that, the other, my bad, Freddie, uh, the, the other side of that is like, okay, when expectations don't like, when you don't reach the expectations for a team, who's the first guy that always gets canned. It doesn't matter. It's not going to be the front office. They're not going to be like, Oh, you know what? My bad hands up my bad. I'm, I gotta, I gotta step down from the situation. They're not going to take the blame. Uh, the players obviously are much harder to move, trade, resign, Mm -hmm. et cetera. So you're not going to move one of those guys. The first guy you can, kind of uses the scapegoat in the situation, whether it is deserved or not. And like Oren pointed out there, mm-hmm. there are some legit, you know, qu- kind of quandaries you can have about what nurse was as a coach, but like he, it's the first scapegoat. This is, this is them. If nurse gets let go, it's them saying, Hey, we tried it like this. We still like this core. We still need to be a good team because we're trying to, you know, make up the money that we lost in Tampa and the COVID seasons, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. So let's go ahead and let's compete with a different guy and see if it works. And then if that doesn't work, then you'll see them really think about rehauling the roster and you yeah. know, going into a rebuild and whatnot. So. I, I feel like an underrated part of this, um, too, is that, you know, Masai comes in, Casey's not his guy, right? So right away, there's an inherent sort of relationship thing where he's like, all right, Casey, like, you want to keep your job? Do what I say. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, I choose the assistant coaches, and one of them is Nick Nurse. And that's sort of like the the temperature, right? And then obviously Nick Nurse, you know, he gets a job. He's kind of like this boy genius, right? And uh, he, it's, it's his staff, right? So I think there's kind of this like low-key power struggle there. Like Nurse is always saying that the bench isn't good. Uh, you know, if you're Masai, you're sort of like, yeah, but I've proven that I can like get the bench. Like I can, like with the Nuggets, with the Raptors, I've proven that I can bring in guys, but you're not you know, whatever, showing them the way they need to be shown, developing, da da da. And I think there's that part of this too, where definitely, you know, yeah. it's it's not it's not to say anyone's wrong, but I feel like, you know, yeah, you, you know, with things not going well, people need to you know, fans are gonna be like, Fred was never good. You know, trade Siakams, he's a bum. But I think that sort of like in-house there's going to be more like where and how do we actually make changes? And yeah, you know, I think it's a good point that like the head coach sort of is like a ceremonial, like, okay, you're gone. And, and now there's like a better connective tissue. Cause wh- whatever coach gets hired is going to be like, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll tell you what's what Masai, but like they're going to go home and they're going to tell their partner and they'll be like, listen, whatever Messiah says, I'm going to do. Okay? <laughs> like, I like, I really like this job. And, uh, you know, he wants me to play whatever, like precious at points. So that's what we're doing. Um, yeah. Okay. No, but this was a discussion we, we actually had at the last game of the season was like, do you blame their struggles this season on the front office inability to bring in talent? Or do you more blame it on nurses inability to weaponize that talent you know that's really what it comes down to yeah like Mm -hmm. i lean towards the side of um of like i'm on the front office's side because they brought in hurdle 
And you can't tell me that the team that brought in Pirtle is this bad of a team to lost yeah. to Chicago. Like sure. just talent wise across the board. I just refuse to believe that they're not a decent team at the very least. So something is being lost, whether it's, you know, the X's and O's are not good, whether the X's and O's are not getting executed because they don't like the coach or, or his voice in the heart. I don't know. But to me, I just struggle to bring in the front office. When I look at that starting five, I'm like, that's a good starting five. That, mm-hmm. that team wins 48 games. Most that team years. should be better than the Miami heat and Brooklyn nets. And yeah. maybe, yeah. you know, like they should, they should be, if, if you were to restart that the season, with the Acapulco. drop a 19 point lead to the Chicago Bulls. Exactly. In the fourth order of play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, exactly. You know, even a guy like Jack Armstrong, who, you know, I feel like is not necessarily going to like make a living off taking like jabs at the coach. Like there was like a, there's a little nugget in that Chicago game where he was like, Chicago's using their bench a lot. I wonder what if that's going to be a big impact in the fourth <laughs> quarter. And it was like, yeah, I, th- I think it was maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah. we're tired. Um, but uh, okay, let's let's <laughs> we 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 got into it. I feel like let's sort of cap this off in what might also be a depressing conversation, but. Um. Yeah. Okay. Matt synthesized my question real well. Come up with a name for this <laughs> terrible season. I I had like a whole paragraph, and Matt was just like, "I got this." Um. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. But you know, we, whatever. We got we the North. We got the championship season. Um. We got uh Tampa Tank or whatever. Uh. Yeah. Then we got the rest. Um. And I think this will obviously this season will fall into forgettable territory. Uh, pretty quick, but yep. uh, if it's your job to make sure that people don't forget this season, uh, what's like your, what's the name for the season? Let me go to you first as like, you know, how are you sort of like you put on your ad agent hat? Like, how are you selling this, this season? Uh-oh. I feel like, I feel like this is, I feel like it's obvious, but it's the free throw season, right? It has to be the free throw season, you know, like That's if, if, cause Cause yeah. you say free throw and everybody would be like, Oh fuck. Oh yeah. 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 So I, yeah, it'll, it'll immediately, yeah, it'll immediately jog the brain. The the other one I was thinking of was uh karma, just like the karmic retribution <laughs> of ever. It just feels like this whole, like since the championship, this entire run has just been, Oh, Hey, uh, this, this is going to happen because you did this and this is going to happen because you did that. And this, you know, it just feels like it's constantly been repaying off the sins of the 2019 championship. I know it's wild to say that's like some next, uh, you know, numerology type thing that I'm throwing no, out. Bro, that's, just, that's literally just karma. I mean, <laughs> I, I believe, I believe in karma. So, and I I'm believe like, in numerology. <laughs> so <laughs> whatever that, whatever that is. Nah, the karma one I like yeah, yeah. the the amount of laughably bad luck the Raptors had this season is just like insane when you watch every game. You're just yeah. like that's what you said. You started to laugh when Chicago made that comeback. Same because it's like, yeah, we just knew that something bad was gonna happen. And yeah. And yeah, the Raptors played a big part in that, but also like Zach Levine does not make those shots in every game. You know, like <laughs> there there was just some crazy bad luck involved in this season. So I like that answer. Yeah, uh, my my. Do, do you have one, Aaron? Yeah, it's not very good. Um, I said, I said like the sophomore slump. It's not a positive one, but it's like a double entendre, if you will, because a this is the second year of this team, 
like since the Scotty Barnes era, I feel like was mm-hmm. a, this was a new era. And last year was like the first year and they had a really, and then this year was a real slump, but it was also a slump for Scotty who in his sophomore season did not do what was needed of him. So overall, just a second year slump in, in a couple of different ways. That, that one's really memorable. And I think, you know, yeah. Scotty's good enough to sort of have his own era and people will, I think, be tracking. So I think you know, mine's only good if they're good next season, because then it's a blip on the radar of like this. Right. Oh, they were they were bad and then they were good again. So yeah. We'll instead see. of instead of like the descent into madness, you know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> the first step into hell is the what we'll call this. If they're <laughs> the, really first bad next <laughs> the hot coal step into hell. Um, yeah. yeah, I had blurry six nine. Um, set of vision six nine, but that's like that's too inside and doesn't even make sense. It's, I feel like I'm like that's like Pierre Polyev and like Elon Musk being like, Ugh. um, or uh, and this is sad because I love him so much. But if if we if we do lose Fred, uh, it could be don't bet on yourself. Um, <laughs> oh, bet, on bet on others. Yeah. 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 Bet on others. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, p- pick a winner. Um, yeah, that uh I just made myself sad with that one. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's oh, sick. that's the, I I feel like I had another one, but you know, that's 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 good to wrap this up. We went we went a bit long, but this is good. Um guys, thank you both so much. This was awesome. This was cathartic in a lot of ways, you know. You you, yeah. you get to you get to vent out all the problems. I I will say uh to the Scotty point earlier, next season is going to be huge, man, because Totally. Most most of those rookie of the year slash all star slash whatever all NBA guys, it's like, okay, if they don't make the year leap in year two, then it's like a year three leap. And then if it's not a year four leap, you start questioning, you're like, uh For sure. Uh, yeah. Is this ever? You know, so I, I'm not I'm not gonna maybe I'm just gonna put that in the back of your minds. So that's all I'm gonna well, say. Well, I think it's coming. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll say that. Like I might be the last optimistic Raptors fan remaining, but I just think they're going to be good next season. They're not going to be contenders, but I do think they'll yeah. be good again. And I think Scotty is going to have a great year because he, he learned what it is to be a pro. And, and I just think that stuff gets underrated, but I think mm-hmm. he'll be serious this summer and, and he'll be good next year. Oh man. Or, or, I, I could not agree more. And, and thanks for bringing that up as, cause like, I feel like there was a, uh, what's his name? Uh, Th- Thorpe, right? Who sort of like, you know, made those insinuations where he was like, I've seen the way Pascal works and I've seen the way Scotty works. They're very different in the summer. Right. And, you know, Scotty did have those sort of statements where he was like, I need to like, whatever, be better or like work harder to be the conditioning be- thing. Yeah. yeah. Like for, and for him to say that to me is like, I think, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good bit of honesty, right? Cause you have, you have all the players who yeah. are like, Oh, I, mm-hmm. I didn't hear DeRozan's daughter. And then Scotty's like, I heard her. We all heard her. We shot 18 for 36. It worked. And then, you know what I mean? And then it's like, so for him to be like, okay. And then also in the same, whatever vein, kind of say like, yeah, I need to be better on defense. Like I, I've sort of been feeling that with Scotty for a big time. Like we're all so focused on like this Scotty offensive hub, but I mm-hmm. think they're, is like there is a time, whether it's scheme or whatever, I feel like in year three slash four, he can make, I don't know, I just believe he can make a massive leaps on defense 
that are like wildly impactful to the outcome of, of the team. Like I just, it's think- usually, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree with you. I was going to say it's usually, that's usually when guys start to figure out defensively, like who they can be and who they are. Like yeah. if you look at any other, you know, the development, if you will, every, every kind of guy in that elk of rookie of the year or like all rookie guy in year two, year three, year four, those, that, those are the most important years of of the development cycle, if you will. Um, so yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I, by the way, I agree with you guys. I think Scotty will be great. I'm just saying it's like, there's an, a little bit of an added pressure here because of the fact that they have this whole background of UFAs and who's going to move here and who's going to move that, that makes it so that they're banking it all on Scotty. They're banking it on Scotty becoming the guy who he is sooner rather than later. That's it. I know know we're going on here, but it's it's a good convo, but Scotty also has a lot of pressure on himself. Like this Mm -hmm. is a guy who's going to be eligible for a contract extension soon. Who's done nothing to prove that he's worthy of a max contract, which after year one, we all thought, Oh, he's getting the five year max. Yeah. Now Scotty actually has to prove that he's worth a max contract. Mm. So he has a lot of incentive himself to bounce back and be really good next year. Forget about what the team needs. Like it's just, yeah, like this is, he had a disappointing season and it's on him to be better. Yep. Yeah. Well said. And I think it's like sort of the fan thing versus the front office. Like I had a lot of friends sort of, you know, coming at me last year with like, Hey, so you think Scotty's like all NBA in his second year? And I was like, no, God, no. Yeah. Like, and, and it's like, that doesn't mean that he's not amazing. It's just sort of like the NBA is hard. And like being one of the top yeah. 15 players is like a wild expectation of honestly, any rookie of the year. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, but that doesn't mean that that's not coming. And I think that like year three, yeah, a lot of those sort of mistakes, a lot of, a lot of the, you know, there's gonna, there's a lot of cleaning up to do. And I think he's, he's going to do that. Um. But yeah, guys, uh, yeah. Th- I mean, this has been awesome. Uh, th- thank you both so much. Uh, we'll bring Maddie in here. But uh, first, let me, um, yeah, let me go to, go to you, Oren. What's up? What do you got going on? I know you, you do a lot of Canadian basketball stuff. So like, you know, please hit us with the, what's coming up. I'm taking a little mental health break right now. Now that the season ends, <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm literally bonkers up here, uh, reading, not not thinking about work. So this is the first time I thought about the Raptors in a while. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> well, thank I, you, I have, I hope I have nothing exciting to report other than this summer will be a big one for Canadian basketball, but that's in like July and August when the men's team goes to the World Cup. So I'm not sure how I'll be writing in that capacity, but I'll definitely be doing something somewhere about the World Cup. Cool. Well, uh, man, thank you. I mean, you know, please take your mental health seriously. Go say hi to a loon. Like, I hope. Yeah, for chill. sure. I got to I gotta find a real one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ez, what's up? What do you got going on? Nothing. Just chilling. Just uh, I, I definitely do need a mental health couple weeks, but uh, not done yet. I, I got to finish out this this NBA season here uh, doing some, you know, video content podcast and all that fun stuff. Uh, nothing on the radar, like in terms of anything new. Uh, I wrote about offensive rebounding in the playoffs. If you guys want to go read that, that'd be cool. But yeah, that's uh, that's it for me. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, man. Um, everyone who listened, you know, support these guys, read their work. Uh, and yeah, huge thank you to we're, we're still. Yeah, this is like about a year uh, with us being with Raptors Republic. It's been awesome. And I mean, sorry, the season hasn't been awesome, but like it's it's <laughs> been a great year. It's been really 
fun and thanks to everyone who supported us and yeah we really appreciate it uh matt uh, let me go to you mm. you can hit us with the plugs or you know yeah. say go leafs go, go, like, leafs go. <laughs> yeah i'll just sum up real quick thanks for listening to our our season 10 that we we've done here at raptors republic our first full year uh now we will be switching to a bi-weekly schedule so we will be back in two weeks and we will be kind of continuing on with about two episodes per month until the new NBA season in mid to late October. And yeah, just go to raptorsrepublic.com. Support the paywall if you can. That would be great. And check us out on the podcatchers. If you watched on YouTube, please like, please comment. And uh, yeah, go to the podcatchers to listen to the full episode. We put a few segments up on YouTube. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Beauty. Um, well, Matt, if you feel like we're done, we're good to go. Please just give me those words I love so much. Okay. Okay. Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast.